Welcome to Welcome to the Hallwell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 5, Episode 7 of Charmed. Sympathy for the Demon Mm. instead of Devil. Mm. Hey, you want to hear something unbelievable? Sure. This episode's only 42 minutes long, which is the normal length for an episode of Charmed. But it feels so, so much longer. And yet it feels like nothing happens. Which... Okay, I feel like this is generally a problem with the Barbas episodes, which is weird because I love Barbas. Next to the seer, he's like the best villain the show ever did. Such a good villain that this episode retcons and basically makes him the person who killed Prue. Yeah. What? Like, he he references killing your sister, which I guess could be him talking about Piper, because she was out of the room and he assumes that she's dead. No, that doesn't make sense. It's really bizarre. They seem, they are really sweating Barbus, which granted he's one of the few demons who has come back from the dead at this point. Okay, but but they, no, but they actively wish that he was an easier demon to kill, like Shax. The demon that killed Prue. Granted, does not even require a power of three spell. On one hand, okay, okay, on one hand, I kind of get it, because Barbus is, I like that Barbus has a unique vanquish, which they have to do every time, except I don't think they did it in the Ms. Hellfire episode. The but, vanquish where they call upon their ancestors? No, Because no. that's what they do in this episode. Yeah, they just replicate the source vanquish, which, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, I guess that makes sense, because he, he steals power Cole's powers. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, so they tried the Source of Anguish on him, which, I'm sorry, you guys are way over-relying on that, although I guess if you killed the Source with it, you know. But, no, the thing with Barbus is that he can generally, although it's not always, but he needs you to overcome your fears to defeat him. The first time they defeated him, it was Prue getting saved by her mom's ghost from drowning in the pool and then her mom was like you don't have to be afraid of water anymore and Prue bursts out of the pool and she's like I'm not afraid and Barbara says oh, blah, blah, blah. okay okay hot take mm-hmm. Barbus is not actually a demon he's a life coach and he's this is just re- this is just his really like intense way of at that time, getting Prue to overcome her fear of water, mm-hmm. and now getting Piper ready to be a parent. Yeah. He's just hes just out here doing good, getting Piper ready for her impending motherhood. I mean, honestly, this totally works with his thing in alternate worlds, where moralities are flipped, and he's the, he's the most powerful force of good in the universe, which I love, and he's the demon of hope. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was actually... This is, this is a... I feel like this is a deep cut I'm about to make, mm-hmm. but it's like in Cloak and Dagger. That is a deep cut. I don't think anyone saw that show. And it was. I thought it was surprisingly good, but... Mm, that's a qualifier that kind of speaks volumes. Anyway, so when Cloak touches people, he makes them see their, their biggest hopes and... No, their biggest fears. And when Dagger touches people, she, she makes them live their greatest hopes but the way that it was set up, like, it was actually a horrifying thing for people to see their hopes because it was, like, a false hope. And seeing their fears was actually, like, empowering for them. Mm-hmm. I, I liked that they did that with it. And so now that's how I'm that's how I'm envisioning Barbus now, right? He shows people their fears so that they can understand that their fears are, like, nothing but air. Unless they get killed by them. Yeah, well, you know. It, he's like Jigsaw. 
Uh, Jigsaw, the Andy Rooney of horror movie villains. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And now I do have to qualify that everything I know about the Saw franchise is from reading the Saw Wikipedia page. So just to... I, I saw the first three movies in college and then immediately fell off them. But, okay, he dies in the second one. And yeah, then... but he left a bunch of videos and a, and a mentor. Or a, a protege, uh, rather. Mentee. Yeah, he has, like, four different assistants, it turns out, over the course of the series. And it's just like, dude, dude, if if you had this much money and this much this many resources couldn't why... you have just paid for your own health care yeah. isn't that the, the issue with him yeah also if your whole thing is against you know bad health care because you had cancer i know his whole thing is oh these people didn't appreciate the gift of life like i would because but also isn't like it's not just it's that the system is broken right a single rich person coming in and paying for everyone doesn't fix the system that's broken yeah well that's why it makes no sense why he's choosing people who are wasting their lives instead of, like, people who in who are in charge of healthcare. I guess it's easier to get a hold of people who, you know, oh, that guy's wasting his life. I'm going to throw him in the bear trap that rips off your face. But if he gets out of it, he'll appreciate life more. Uh, Fucking jigs. I'm sorry. The he's, soft he's not because he's going to get out of the trap. Be seriously injured, lose his job, and therefore his health care, and he's not going to go on and appreciate life more now. Yeah. Hey, and this and Saw is relevant because last episode had Jigsaw in it, and also... Oh yeah, it did, it did. And also one of his apprentices, so we're not entirely off topic, but I'm sorry, oh my god, he's the... Dumbest horror movie villain. I would watch a Leprechaun movie over that. Okay, here's the thing, though. Leprechaun has a clear good motive. People took his gold and he wants it back. Here's the thing, though. Mm-hmm. You say that, but we both agree that Barbus is a good conceit for a villain, and yet every time he shows up, it's just nothing but disappointment all the way around. Yeah, that's kind of weird, right? Because one of the things with Charmed is good actors elevating not great writing. Uh, not always. There are some well-written episodes of Charmed. But but a lot of times, you know, Holly Marie Combs, and I will say now Rose McGowan, doing some serious heavy lifting on some seriously light scripts. And again, the guy who plays Barbus, whose name I should know right off the bat, but the guy who plays Barbus is genuinely really good. He was cast as the villain in a ton of stuff because, well, honestly, he's got kind of a creepy face, but he can do creepy really, really well. And his whole, like, fear scan thing, all of the Barbus stuff is cool. It's just they always give him bad plots, especially this one, which feels like, honestly, it feels like two different episodes stitched together. Yeah, it does. It does. Because, like... This is a two-for episode. Cole gives up his ultra-mega-demon powers and a Barbus episode. Those are the two plots, and they kind of mesh together, but not really. Like, Barbus gets Cole's mega-super-Satan powers, but he doesn't really do anything with them other than not get vanquished, which, as we've mentioned before, he's one of the guys in the show who you don't just do a power of three spell or throw a potion at he has a specific thing mm -hmm. which again i like but it does also kind of feel anticlimactic when it reaches the end of the episode and you know Prue's like i'm not afraid and he just explodes 
Yeah. But yeah. it's the same thing with Freddy Krueger, though. Because they every diff, every movie comes up with a bullshit way that they can beat him, and then it ends up not mattering because there's going to be another Nightmare on Elm Street movie, except not anymore because you know Robert England is the only one who can play that character, and he's very old at this point. Mm. Remember they tried to reboot the uh, franchise with Jackie Earl Haley. Oh yeah, they did do that, didn't they? But they didn't settle on how it worked, which is weird because there were there were like eight movies before that. But like at one point, a girl dies from getting slashed by him, but she picks up a knife while sleepwalking and cuts herself. And that's how she dies, even though that's not how it works. And that's not how it's shown as working in the rest of the movie. So why have the first kill be he's making her inflict the wounds on herself, even though that's not what's happening in the dream? Like. Also, Jackie Earl Haley is good at what he does, but he is no Robert England. No one will own that character like Robert England. Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, it's like uh, Indiana Jones, right? They keep trying to reboot Indiana Jones, and they keep they keep putting an older and older Harrison Ford into it because none of the other people that they're bringing up are going to work. Okay. Spoiler alert for the new Indiana Jones movie for anyone who cares, which is apparently nobody because it made like four bucks, but how weird is it that they went out of their way to establish that Mutt Shia LaBeouf's character was Indy's bio son in the fourth movie. They're like, this is the new Indiana Jones. He's Indy's bio son, blah, 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 blah. And then they offhandedly mention that he died in the Vietnam War in the fifth movie. I I did not know that until you told me that because I have not seen the fifth movie. That is honestly pretty wild. Yeah. Also, I looked it up just on the wiki and he canonically has a sister because of apparently they did a couple of future episodes of the uh, Young Indiana Jones show, and it gets mentioned that he has a daughter in the future. So that is canon to the Indiana Jones franchise. Just don't ever expect it to be mentioned in any of the movies. Okay. Do you consider Young Indiana Jones to be canon to the Indiana Jones franchise? Um, you know what I actually do, even though I just I just said only Harrison Ford can do it, and that, that gives lie to what I said. Mm. Okay, so we just spent all this time talking about how this episode like fails to live up to its promise. Mm-hmm. But before we get too far into it, I do want You mean actually start the episode at all? Oh yeah, I'm not even I'm not even ready to start the episode yet. Okay. Because I just wanted to say a quick thing about the WGA strike. Yeah. Uh, because as weak as this episode was, I'm just going to go ahead and blame it all on Brad Kern. Okay. That is our go-to move. That is the go-to move on this show. Because the writer of this episode, the, the, the writers of the actors, we would not be here talking endlessly about Charmed if it were not for the writers and actors. True. Whether or not you think that's a good thing is up to you. Yes. I'm aware that there are some people who really like Charmed who are not huge fans of our podcast because Whatever. of this. We have affection for the show. We like the show. It's just we're not going to pretend it's something it's not. All right. So the writer of this episode was Henry Alonzo Myers. Hmm. I don't recognize that name. We are bringing back talking about who wrote the episodes. We used to do it. Then we dropped it. We're bringing it back. Specifically because, you know, we want to honor the writers. We support the union. We, yes. Yes. All that. This is all a that pro good stuff. union household. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, 
this man is amazing. Uh-huh. He wrote on The Magicians. He writes on Strange New Worlds, which this season, I think, has surpassed Lower Decks as my favorite of the new track. I love the crossover episode so much. It might be one, it might be one of my favorite episodes of Star Trek okay, ever. He, he, I know recency bias and all, but... He didn't write the crossover episode, which is, yes, amazing, but he did write... The Body Swap? The Body Swap episode. Oh, so good. And he wrote... Two episodes you haven't watched, Charades, which I think I will show you because I just show you the ones that I think you'll like. And I think you'll like Charades. It's basically, it seems like Strange New Worlds has decided that once a season we have to do a weird shit happens with Spock episode. And that's this one. Oh, I'm going to watch the uh, the musical episode when that happens. People are mad about that. Do you know how many awful episodes were in the original Star Trek? You're going to be mad that Strange New Worlds is taking a swing. Oh, people are wrong to be mad at that. I'm super excited for a musical episode. Uh, no, Charades is the episode where Spock... Because Lo loses of... his Vulcan half and then he's just a human person. I don't know if you're joking or if you actually knew that that's what happens. Because I, yes, I, I that is what happens. Okay, yes, that is what happens. <laughs> that wasn't just a very uncanny guess on my part. I was like, that is amazing. But he wrote that episode. He also wrote uh, Quality of Mercy, which is honestly one of the most amazing Trek episodes in the last 20 years. It's phenomenal. So um, that's why I'm just really comfortable blaming Brad Kern for everything we don't like about this episode. And in fact, you know what? There are some scenes in here where, uh, towards the end, the, the stuff with Piper's fears in the second half, where it feels like a totally different episode. You mean the thing where she has that flashback with Grams and Victor? Yes. And I'm like, wow, this would definitely be my pick for telekinesis if there was any groundwork laid for this emotion. And if I didn't feel like, where is this coming from? So, you know, again. Yeah. Power of the Writers failure of the producers <laughs> yes okay, okay now let's get into it yes we will actually get into this episode now so the episode opens with uh cole at work yes cole is having a bad day at the office okay i i, I know we talked about this a little bit before but so it's not an all demon office though. no it's not an all demon office okay 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 because we assume i mean um insert lawyer joke here yes yes but we, we talked about this a little bit before, because at first we assumed that the job that he got was fake, mm -hmm. and he had just made it up to explain after he became the source where all of this, like, money was coming from. But then it turned out it was real, and there was actually an actual law office. I mean, I know that Paige was familiar with the law office, but we assumed that, like... But no, it's just a regular human law office, and he's just doing human law stuff yeah okay but he's like trying to do good stuff so that he can show that he's good and win back phoebe i guess he can control people's minds so it doesn't really matter that you know he basically just does whatever he wants at this job <laughs> also remember how a couple seasons ago we were talking about how much this show was just trying to be buffy mm-hmm uh, I know the time doesn't work out. I think this actually came first. But now it's trying to be Angel's evil law firm. He's, he, now he's trying to work at Wolfram and Hart. It's inverse Wolfram and Hart because he's the only demon there. Yes. I do also appreciate this, this scene. He's at a conference table with the other lawyers and he's reading about shipping manifests and environmental uh, regulations and things like that. And then he starts to have hallucinations of the other lawyers at the table being like oh he's a demon and he can never be anything but a demon and then they're like eyes start glowing but this is of course just his fear talking but 
I like to imagine that poor Cole, after centuries of being a demon, had to sit down and actually do, like, document review? Like, really boring shit that is the majority of your job if you're a lawyer, and he's just like, oh, this is mind-numbing. I'm just gonna imagine my colleagues as demons. For uh, for reference, uh, look up the song "Don't Be a Lawyer" from Crazy Ex Girlfriend. It is so catchy, and it it is a really good way of dissuading you from you becoming a lawyer. Also, it's like a hundred percent accurate, definitely. But yeah, okay. So this is this is Barbus. Barbus is messing with Cole's mind. We don't know it yet, but Barbus is making everyone. He's making Cole hallucinate that everyone is talking about how he's a demon and how he can never be good. Blah blah blah. So Barbus's superpower is basically gaslighting, huh? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, gaslighting is is I think too commonly used. I, I wouldn't say it's gaslighting. It's more like intrusive thoughts. Barbus's superpower is intrusive thoughts, bringing them to life. But speaking of what their powers are, mm-hmm. like Cole is super powerful, right? Yeah, you're you're thinking it's weird that he's not catching on that someone's playing mind tricks on him. I feel like Barbus shouldn't even be able to affect him, but whatever. Yeah, you'd think immunity from this sort of thing would be one of the powers you'd want, especially in the Charmed universe where everyone gets possessed every 15 goddamn seconds. He, also, he just has so many powers. And, and speaking of, so the two lawyers that he's hallucinating are talking about him being a demon. He freaks out and he fireballs them. And then, like, his hallucination clears up and he just sees that it's just two humans looking at him all weird because he threw a... Well, he didn't throw a fireball, he just waved his hands at them. Which now makes me ask, why didn't Barbus have him kill humans? Because later on in the episode, Barbus is going to make Phoebe hallucinate that Paige is him so that she almost kills Paige. Yeah. Like, you know what would really fuck up Cole's life? If he fireballed two of his colleagues! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would... Uh, oh. Although apparently they're just letting him do whatever he wants. So. Yeah. I just, we have all these notes for Barbus. We're like, <laughs> we're like, Barbus, we, we, we're here for your performance review. We, we've seen what you've done. And look, we're really impressed by your power level, but we've got some notes. We've got some notes on your execution. So Cole enters his office only to see Phoebe there. And he's like, oh, Phoebe, it's horrible. I think I'm going crazy. And she's like, yeah, I'm crazy too. Crazy for divorce. <laughs> Yep, yep, she's got her divorce papers, and she's like, Cole, sign this so that we're not married anymore because you're an evil demon. And here's the thing, this is Barbus in his head, but also, this is this is legitimately exactly what Phoebe would say, were she there. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very much like that line from Futurama, I don't remember fighting <laughs> Godzilla, but that's exactly how it would have happened. Yeah, I mean, Phoebe's been hardcore pushing for divorce all season and harping on the fact that Cole's a demon and he'll never be anything but a demon. And Cole responds to this by being like, let's see how demonic you think I am if I start strangling you! Which is honestly kind of chilling. We talked about this before, especially because he's... In the Siren episode. And he he tried to choke out Phoebe in that episode. And Uh, Again, if you're mind-controlling Cole, he has fireball powers. Yeah, but it... You know, this is another thing that we talked about in Once Upon a Time. Yeah, the difference between fun fantasy violence and horribly uncomfortable real-world violence. And, you know, choking someone is that uncomfortable real-world violence. Uh, it doesn't land here for me. But, like, that's that's where it's going. And then, of course, it's not Phoebe. He was just hallucinating. 
It's actually his paralegal who freaks out and runs out of the room. Understandably. Also blonde. So consider yourself lucky here, secretary lady. Paralegal. I mean, I don't think he says what she is. I assume she's a paralegal. Mm. But you know, some some manner of support staff in this law firm. I'm sure whatever her job actually is, he treats her like a secretary. Yeah, because he's got that, like, 1950s vibe going on. Also, if you're a fan of Sweaty Cole, this is a good episode for you. It's not as sweaty as he was back in the uh, episode where he was... God, the early page episode where she and Phoebe switched bodies. Mm -hmm. And Phoebe was, like, training with him in the basement. And they were, you know, she was in her sports bra and her action panties. And he was, you know, shirtless and oiled up. I don't know. I feel like if you want Sweaty Cole, which... Let's be honest, I always, always do. Mm. Uh, you want shirtless Cole. There's no shirtless Cole in this episode. Yeah, that's accurate. It's like... They could have thrown it in. Come on. I just feel like we need to give all of our listeners a warning that there is no shirtless Cole in this episode. So, yeah, Cole snaps out of the delusion that he's strangling Phoebe to realize he's just strangling his secretary. And then we see Barbus is the one who's there pulling the strings, as it were. Dun, dun, dun. Meanwhile, back at the manor, Paige is making lots of tiny explosions as she tries to learn magic because she feels very out of sorts since she quit her job to become a super witch and she has not yet become a super witch. Okay. Okay. I feel like we're doing a lot of retconning here, but I'm kind of okay with it. Paige is frustrated because she's been trying for the past several days to do a spell Prue wrote and put in the book that creates birds. And I'm like... Wow, is that not something Prue would do? But I do really like this. Paige, ta Paige talks about how she's she's trying to catch up with Prue because, you know, Prue is the specter that haunts her forever mm -hmm. until they stop mentioning her like two seasons from now. And Leo's like, I thought you were over that. And she's like, well, I was over that when, you know, I had a job and I was doing other stuff. But now that I'm being a witch full time... It feels kind of sus that I haven't been able to catch up to Prue. And Leo's like, you've been around for Prue. Prue is not great. Yeah, it's that thing where when somebody dies, all of a sudden they get kind of canonized. Yeah. I, I Again, this, this plays back into what I wish they had played up with Prue more in the last season she was in. Because they had this sort of plot where she was getting paranoid and she was doing doing like more and more magic to try to protect the family except she had no consistent plot so that wasn't a consistent thing but if that had been a running thing all season up to the season finale where she died i feel like maybe Paige would have a little more you know prue had done all of this stuff but mm -hmm. as it was prue honestly kind of experimented with magic the least out of the sisters she, yeah and if anything Paige is taking over not prue's role but phoebe's role phoebe was the one who loved magic who wrote spells who did all the stuff that Paige is doing now and that's why phoebe's been pushed into being the career one which was piper's thing and now piper's being pushed into the mother role which was nobody's thing well Piper was the peacemaker, and she had the career thing, and then she had the Leo thing, and she's taken Prue's role as the heavy, except, as we've talked about, Prue is never really that. Like, they did treat her like she was the heavy, but she was never a tank like Piper's a tank. Okay, so if we're going to do the traditional witch triumvirate of Mother, Maid, and Crone, mm -hmm. I think we're actually looking at a situation here where Piper is the mother, yeah. obviously. yeah. 
where Phoebe is the maiden, right? She's the young career woman who's like out there doing it but she's given up on love i think that would make her the crone right no see i think Paige is the crone because she's the one who cares about magic and who cares about like the history so even though she's the youngest i think Paige is the crone in this triumvirate Hmm. i just it's just a weird thing thinking about it and thinking about how their roles have shifted since prue left Hmm. because when prue was here prue was I guess, in the mother role, because she was mothering the the rest of the... I'd honestly say that Piper was still the mother at that point, because she was the one who was always playing peacekeeper to Phoebe and uh, to Phoebe and Prue, and honestly, she was the one who was keeping the household running, because remember when she disappeared for a few months to go up to White Lighter Land, immediately... Like, nobody every... knew how to pay bills and shit? <laughs> yeah. See, I was going to put her as the maiden because her impending nuptials were the plot for so, so long. And Phoebe was still the crone because no one liked her. <laughs> Phoebe was the crone because she was the one who cared about magic and tradition. Mm. Yeah, it's weird. They've, like, all shifted positions. I, I mean, I know you're saying that Piper was always the mother, but it just, it feels like positions have shifted in a way where Paige is not stepping into Prue's role, but they all have to pretend that this is what Prue did. So they're all I having... Mean... Honestly, she's stepping into Phoebe's role. Right, which... they're, exactly. They're having to pretend that Prue was the one who cared about magic. And that's not, that's not factual. But yeah, Leo's like, well, don't worry about being like Prue. Everyone moves at their own pace. And honestly, you're doing a lot more shit than Prue did. Yeah, I mean, Why did Prue references this episode? Because her astral projection gets called back too. Mm-hmm. Which is odd. It's always weird when they use magic to replicate one of their active powers, and they do it with Prue's astral projection multiple times. It was a cool power. It, it was a cool power. It just seems weird to... It's kind of a shame Paige never gets anything similar to astral projection. Because she has orbing, I guess, which is way better, but... I mean, she never really gets any secondary powers. She just unlocks more white lighter powers. Yeah, well, with her white lighter powers, I think from a writing perspective, she would have just been too powerful if she had also unlocked secondary powers. Unless you count the comics where she does get a secondary power. Oh, what's her secondary power in the comics? Uh, She can create shields, like orb shields. Interesting. It's basically she can do the crystal cage, but without needing to set up crystals. And honestly, I do like that as a concept. I get why they didn't do it on the show. Because they don't care about Paige. She has Bella's power from Twilight. (sighs) Just going to throw that out there. And Phoebe's expanded power was just flight in the comics. They didn't even give her anything cool. They're just like, what if we brought back Levitation made it slightly less useless? Oh. I don't think they gave Piper anything else, though. I would way rather have teleportation than flight. I mean, I think that's pretty standard, right? Same. I don't don't think anyone would disagree with that. Or maybe they would, but... I mean... They'd be wrong. Yeah. Flight... Flight is like, I know you'd get used to it really quickly, but the first few days you had it, it's conceptually horrifying, because what if it goes away? See, I thought you were going to say the opposite, which is that it would be fun the first few times, but then you'd be like, man, this is exhausting, I wish I could just teleport. Also, like, from Joss Whedon's run in the X-Men, there's a kid whose power is flight, and he broke both of his legs the first time he landed, because he didn't know how to land properly. Yeah, but, I mean, I think we all assume that... As long as you're not being written by an asshole, Joss Whedon, that if you have powers, you also have whatever weird secondary powers are required to keep your power from killing you. I know that 
sometimes people try to be edgy and make that not the case, but come on. Come mm. on. Be for real. Yeah, you have that sense that birds have, you know? Yeah. So Piper comes down, she's super happy, everything's great, the world is wonderful, and Paige pregnancy shames her and is like, are you drinking coffee? You're pregnant and therefore we all have a say on your body because that's how it works when people are pregnant. Yeah, weird running thing. Piper just came back from prenatal yoga runner from last episode, Mm -hmm. but you know, this time she's chipper because she has left the first trimester and entered the second trimester where everything is roses and lollipops and sunshine which i know accurate the second trimester in my experience personally and i other people who have been pregnant have had similar experiences the second trimester is so much better than the first and i am saying this because no one warned me how hard the first trimester would be yeah i remembered you was the your ultra tired thing not in the second semester i thought that was in the second semester trimester trimester yeah <laughs> no no it was in the first and that was the thing i kind of thought for the first three months like the the fetus would be so tiny it wouldn't it's not even a fetus yet it's an embryo the embryo is so tiny i was like it won't affect my life at all but in the first trimester you haven't grown the placenta yet so this this thing inside of you is taking all of its nutrients from you instead of from the placenta and you're just like dead tired all the time and if you have bad morning sickness, that's when you get it. So I had, and I didn't have, my morning sickness wasn't bad in the scheme of things, but that was when I was nauseous. Second trimester, I felt great. The placenta existed. I had all these, I had all these good feeling hormones. Um, also, Piper is like, hey, Leo, let's start practicing for baby number two. Also accurate during the second trimester. Just yeah. throwing that out there. There's an episode of Friends about that. Yes, you do get horny during the second trimester. Sadly, no poster of Evander Holyfield for uh, our standee. Yeah, yeah, I did, I did not have an Evander Holyfield standee as, uh, as Phoebe and Rachel both use in Friends. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, Piper has had a sudden shift in temperament now that she has entered the second trimester of her pregnancy. But speaking of shifts in temperament, her horniness is curtailed by seeing a spider, the thing that we all know she's super afraid of. Yeah, Piper's, we we all know Piper's well-established arachnophobia. She she inherited Prue's fear of water. That's why she cast that spell in that one episode to remove her fear. And then she even, her mother even appeared to her just like... Just like with Prue. I think we're just recycling scripts at this point. But, I I mean, I guess that wasn't necessarily a fear of water so much as Leo telling her that she was going to die for 30 minutes straight at the beginning of that two-parter. Right. I do do have to say uh, that I was thinking the exact thing that Paige says, which is, You are a witch! Why are you afraid of spiders? Ovary the fuck up, girl! There was this great post, I think Kelly Turnbull did, about when she was in fifth grade, a girl thought that she saw a spider and she flipped out in her class and she was, she was like screaming and she flipped over a desk and it turned out it was a piece of lint and the teacher was like, you understand, even if that had been a spider, that would have been a massive overreaction, right? I mean, I don't want to like mock people's phobias if they have phobias, but like... I don't know. That sort of thing always feels performative to me. Not, you know being scared of something but if you're like flipping over a desk like no leave the room if you're scared mm-hmm. like that seems like that that does not seem like a natural reaction to fear yeah 
anyway, but... I mean, I don't want to police people's reactions, but yeah. But Paige is like, it's just a little spider. You murder sentient beings all the time. What's the big deal? And Piper's like, it's not just that it's a spider. It's what a spider foretells. Because, you know, when I see something that creeps me out, it means something evil's about to happen. Okay. And then Cole comes in. Yes, I'm sorry. Then Cole comes in. But also, like, evil stuff happens to you every week, Piper. Like, <laughs> literal demons are constantly attempting to murder you. You can stop seeing omens at that point. That's just demons. Speaking of demons, as yes, Cole Cole comes in and he's he's all frantic because he's seen things and someone's after him. Blah blah blah. We all know what's going on with Cole. But let's throw this mermaid back in the water is going to be once more the attitude the charmed ones have with this. <laughs> they are like just not here to help Cole out, which I guess is fine. He did try to kill them for a long time. Speaking of not here to help Cole out, Phoebe is on a third date. Yeah, we have never seen this guy before, and she's already on her third date with him. And oh my god, okay. I mean, let, let's hang on to this. For no, 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 that, that's that's not. I, I was not going to go to the premonition place. Although, yes, yes. No, he's like, it's the third date. You know what that means? We're going to kiss tonight. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you in middle school? What? What in the what in the church youth group is this? Oh, my God. The first kiss on the third date. God, you should be at least onto your third orifice by then. I'm sorry. Was that too gross for this I mean, podcast? I mean... I don't think I've ever, I, I, my parents listen to this, but whatever. They yeah, can, my, they, uh, my parents listen to it too. I'm sorry about that joke, but can, I'm not cutting can, it. They can skip ahead if they want, but I, I don't think I've ever waited for the third date. My God. I mean, I feel like you generally know during the first date whether or not you're going to have sex. Yeah. Like. I, I do. And again, again, you do you. Yeah. Like, you know, there's, there's no specific speed you need to move it's perfectly fine to hold off we're not judging and we're making jokes but we're not judging anyone who waits to get more physically intimate with a partner i just refuse to believe that phoebe's one of those people of course she isn't i don't think she's ever met a dude and not at least gone to second base with him i'm sorry that was that was that was harsh it's just she does she does make out with a lot of strangers like and I'm not judging. That's a totally cool way to live life. It's just, it makes it really unrealistic that, oh, third date, I guess I'm going to finally get my big kiss. Shut up. <laughs> anyway, uh, Phoebe gets pulled away from this date by Cole, who's hanging out in the staff room. And he's all like, Phoebe, you have to help me. I'm being, I'm being influenced by a demon who's making me do evil things, like attack my secretary and your brother-in-law. And then, of course, Barbus is whispering. Oh, yeah, because he threw an energy ball at Leo. Yeah, he threw an energy ball at Leo. <laughs> and then, of course, Barbus is there, invisible to them, but visible to us, whispering in Phoebe's ear, oh, oh this is your biggest fear. Cole is going to be evil again. And again. Barbus did not need to get out of bed for this. I... So, okay, I'm going to tell I'm going to tell a story. I'm going to do a little bit of a divergence. Okay. Because I have to. Uh, it's just so relevant. Uh and it's about role-playing. I'm so sorry. It's about tabletop role-playing. Okay. So I was in a role-playing game with this person who was uh, the game master, and he was just so freaking good at it. Like, some of, some of his sessions are just, like... Anyway, 
very good at it. So we were in a castle that supposedly had mind-altering effects, and it was possible that it would turn you into a murderer, right? Like, mm -hmm. this was a thing that we were all aware of, that we were all on edge about. And so, all throughout the session, he kept passing people notes, and the notes all said things we already knew, like, hmm, don't you think Patrick is acting kind of weird? Or, hmm, don't you think Ryan is, like, is being a little more aggressive than usual? And... But because he was passing notes to other players, we were like, that note must say, the castle is now affecting you. Kill the rest of your party. We all got super paranoid. We almost killed each other, even though the notes set, delivered no information. Anyway, that's Barbus here. <laughs> yes, Barbus influences Phoebe to act exactly as she normally would. She's like, I don't think we should help you, Cole. I don't think we can trust you. How do we know that a malevolent force is influencing you to do violence i I, th I feel like that's the sort of thing that you should care about phoebe uh, honestly honestly even Paige and man you know what Paige is as we like do a close watch of this series i did not realize that Paige was my favorite sister but far and away she is my favorite sister i mean she's kind of the most proactive because she's like shouldn't we actively be trying to do something to resolve the Cole situation, whether or not he's being influenced by some malevolent force. And Phoebe's like, Cole needs to figure his own shit out, which he can't because he's genetically evil. But, you know, that that's, that's an issue for the people he's going to murder. She's like, we are legally separated now. It is not my problem anymore. Dear Lord. Oh. So she wanders off and Paige is like, Piper, we need to do something about this, right? We need to, you know, we need to do something about Cole. And Piper's like, you're right. You're right, Paige. We do need to do something about Cole. And then Barbus is like, no, we don't. And she's like, actually, no, we don't. <laughs> yeah, he's he's whispering. Again, this is he's telling Piper things she already knows. He's whispering in Piper's ear, Cole is just nothing but trouble. And it's like, Piper's capable of coming to that realization on her own. <laughs> like, you still need to help him. He's still a person, a demon. He's still he's still an entity who is super, super powerful, who is being theoretically mind-controlled. So I still feel like whether you want to help him or not, that's something you should jump on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cole is genuinely a problem at this point. A problem you should be addressing. Whether or not you want to help Cole, it is in your best interest to I'm going to say resolve the Cole situation. There you go. Resolve the situation. Speaking of resolving situations and whether or not that actually does anything, remember, Barbus has already been vanquished. Multiple times, even. So he's in super hell right now, the hell that you go to when you're a demon who's been vanquished. and but, but not the wasteland. Apparently, there's a place between regular hell and super hell, which we have seen before. This is the place Cole brought that inspector guy who was mm -hmm. inspecting the sisters. But, which, I guess now that they've built the set, they're going to use it, because we will see this multiple times. But I like that there's just a part of hell you end up in when you're vanquished. It's like the penalty box of hell. Yeah, because it's just like 
an outcropping of rock over a fiery pit. And apparently falling in it would be bad, even though you're a demon who's theoretically already been vanquished. They're nervous about falling into it, so. This comes up later in the show. Chris is torturing a demon for information by threatening to throw him into the pit for information about Barbus. And then he does end up throwing him in the pit. And uh, even though he was going to use him for whatever, and he's like, oh no, now the demon's gone forever, even though... Wouldn't he just be in a lower part of hell? Like, is his soul destroyed forever when he goes into that? Like, what? What? The cosmology of Charmed is... Maybe he just goes to another hell after he's killed in super hell. Seriously, the cosmology of Charmed is just a giant kid of worms. It's hell's all the way down. So there's another demon here who apparently has the ability to project his spirit out, and he taught Barbus how to do that so that Barbus could... Defeat the Charmed Ones. Yeah, I don't think we actually mentioned Barbus and this other demon are here. Right, right. So, yeah, this other demon taught Barbus how to project his spirit out so that he could influence the Charmed Ones so that... Question mark, question mark, profit. Question mark, question mark, getting out of the hell penalty box. I guess it's not super hell, hell penalty box. I guess this is intentional. Yeah, this is intentional. Barbus is manipulating the situation so that Paige will remove Cole's powers then he'll suck in Cole's powers from this ledge, and then he will use Cole's super powerful superpowers to get out of super hell. That makes sense. Cole was able to use his powers to get out of the wasteland, so Barbara should be able to use him to get out of something slightly above the wasteland, but below hell? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm not going to fault Barbus. Solid plan. Yeah, it all tracks. I also really like how Barbus has, like, no ambitions as a demon. It's really pleasant that he does not give a shit about underworld politics. He just wants Cole's powers for the express purpose of getting out of Super Hell. That's it. Like, he doesn't even use them that much in the rest of the episode. But, yeah, he is, you know, he bloips back. He sends his spirit back to the surface uh, to spy on Paige and Leo having another conversation about... Oh, okay, okay, again. Paige, saying what I'm thinking. Because Leo comes back, he's like, yeah, the elders don't know anything. And Paige is like, oh my god, what a fucking surprise. The elders don't know anything and can't help us. Okay, why are the elders not keeping more of an eye on Barbus? Like, I know he's in... Because they're useless. They are useless. But, like, later when Leo is an elder, Barbus tricks him into murdering other elders. Which also... Barb like Barbus is powerful enough to fuck with the elders. That he's a guy you would keep your eye on. Huh, that's interesting. I wonder if Barbus started out Yeah, you know you know what? I feel like Barbus has always been that level of a guy. Yeah, he feels like it. I bet the and I think the only reason the source never, you know, zankooed him is because the dude has no ambition. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't care about rising up in the demon ranks. He just wants to be left alone to inspire fear in other people and like feed on it. Yeah, I remember there was a thing in the first episode about how he was banished for like thirteen hundred years until he could kill thirteen witches every you know time mm-hmm. the comet or something i feel like that's a imme- that immediately went out the window with his next appearance maybe where he hired an assassin to kill 13 witches i don't know maybe it's just that it worked maybe he was like whatever <laughs> maybe he just killed the 13 witches off screen well no i just mean he was like 
He was theoretically banished for, like, striving too hard with the other demons. And he was like, yeah, you know what? Not worth it. Not worth it. So, Barbus comes up and he's whispering to Leo and Paige. Which, by the way, Leo is being a dick without needing Barbus whispering in his ear. Leo's like, your sisters want you to drop it? You should drop it. And she's like... He reminds her, majority rules in this household... Which only ever seems to come up when there's one sister who needs to be ganged up on for an episode. That was the reason Prue created duplicates of herself in the episode yeah, of the Enchanted Sword. Yeah, majority rules if if two of the sisters want a mean girl, another one. And then, of course, Barbus is whispering in Paige's ear. He's like, you're not as good as Prue, the dead sister you never met. And therefore, you can't refute me because you never met her. I feel like he's kind of taking some liberties with what the whole like fear whispering in your ear thing is because he's like i bet if you stripped cole of his powers your sisters would be super impressed with you and they'd know that you're actually as good as prue which i'm like that's not really inspiring fear but okay honestly this is this is what we're talking about about barbus having the possibility to be a really good villain because Barbus could be anxiety, intrusive thoughts. Like Barbus could be a really great metaphor for all of these things, but then he just kind of loses the the plot. Okay, I'm sorry to be a huge nerd for a second here. Go for it. But Wait, what? I know, shocker. One of my favorite comic book moments is huh. uh, in Al Ewing's New Avengers, where he has a uh, Billy Kaplan, Wiccan demiurge. Uh, he, he's possessed by this, like, demon chaos god from the future that's been worming its way into his head over the course of the series, Mm -hmm. and he ends up confronting it, and it, it's attacking him psychically, and it's like, you know, I'm, I'm causing you to drink deep of the well of poison thoughts, and Billy Kaplan, at first he's like, you know, he's being overwhelmed by this, and he's like, wait a second, wait a second, this is anxiety, this is your big weapon? A voice in my head that doesn't like me? Because, you know, his thing has always been, you know, he has anxiety, he has depression. And it's this great moment where he's like, I've been dealing with this since I was a kid. You've got to be shitting me. Right? It's like Bane, right? I was born into the darkness. Yeah. Honestly, it's a fantastic moment. I, Al, uh, but, I mean, Al Ewing's Al good, Ewing. I'm not surprised. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, no, it. These things are effective weapons. Anxiety is mm-hmm. an is an effective weapon, and I mean, it's a bummer that we have to go to you know. Oh, spiders! Oh, Paige is suddenly claustrophobic. Yeah, it's weird that they had to come up with fears when all of these women have legitimate fears that could be brought up here. I mean, honestly, he should have stuck with the Prue thing. He, I mean, obviously they don't have Shannon Doherty, but if her thing this episode was being haunted by Prue's ghost and it was becoming more and more literal over the course of the episode. Mm-hmm. Well, he makes people hallucinate. He could have made her hallucinate that her spells were not working. Yeah. That's, that's, if I was Barbish, that's what I would do. But I guess we're just different. And, and the same thing with Phoebe, instead of her thing being, oh no, my new boyfriend is evil. Why wasn't the illusion, if she's scared of losing herself to what happened with Cole, why isn't that she's evil again? Why wouldn't that be the fear? Right? Because that is Phoebe's fear. Like, 
that's what's been established as Phoebe's fear, right? She's the one who has the tendency to go evil. She's the one who is the queen of hell. And she's the one who in her past life was evil. So, yeah. And and the same with, with Piper. Eventually we get to her being afraid of the whole motherhood thing. But first we have to do spiders? Yeah. Again, this the reason that this episode isn't good is because it could have been so much better. Especially, especially because he taps into a big part of piper's character motivation which is her fear of abandonment it was it's been a thing since the beginning of the show okay but even then they they highlighted her fear of abandonment with her father Mm. and that's what i'm saying and i'm jumping ahead a little bit here but that's what i'm saying where i don't feel like they laid the groundwork enough because her fear of abandonment should be her fear of her mother abandoning her when she died and her fear that she's going to do the same to her child. Yeah. Which, uh, again, how can you be a mother if you never had one? hmm Also, also, like, we know, obviously, not in the timeline that ends up happening as per the end of the show, but we know in Chris's timeline, she did die when he was, when he was 14, like, which is mostly grown up, but... Like, I mean, no, you need your parents when you're four. Yeah. We're... You, you need your parents for a while. Like, you... you... I, I, I think 14 I think is actually one of, the, one of the more vulnerable times to lose your parents. Yeah, which explains a lot about Chris. And I, Paige. And Paige, yeah. Yeah. How weird is it that she... I mean, I guess it makes sense. The fact that she mentions in the episode where, you know, we deal with her parents... She mentions that she got into college off of an essay about their death. Deaths? hmm I mean, I guess that makes sense, but that seems really more, like... Honestly, that should have been the time freeze, because I feel like that was definitely a plot thing at the time, where it was, like, something really tragic happens to you when you write your college admission essay about this tragic thing that happened to you. Uh, I know that was a plot on... <laughs> there was a plot on Party of Five, where uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt's character had a miscarriage and then her boyfriend who was the father wrote about that for his college essay jesus christ and she was like fuck you that is not your story um yeah i obviously that i i remember so little about that show but that that part stuck with me actually the plot point stuck with me but now that i've said it out loud i'm actually not sure if that happened to jennifer love hewitt or nev campbell's character one of the characters that happened to that was also later recycled by Tim Buckley into the iconic Control-Alt-Delete comic, Loss. I'm sorry, is that not the plot of Loss, essentially? Yes. I can't imagine trying to explain Loss to someone who's not very, very online. Nope. Because... Nope. It's like trying to explain the Colleen Ballinger ukulele apology to somebody who's not very online. There's just too much context you need. Well, especially because a miscarriage is such a huge thing. Like, and I'm going to make a very bizarre comparison here. Chili's implied miscarriage in Bluey. Uh-huh. It, it's, something, it's something that is never textually stated. 
that the mom dog in Bluey has had a miscarriage. Although it's so heavily implied that it might have, might as well be. Yeah, it is something, it is very, very clear from a lot of things that happen with the adults that goes relatively understated that at some point Chili lost a baby. And it's weird because it's such a maturely handled thing in this show for toddlers. And it's, it's just implications, but it, it's clearly there. It's really weird that there's this piece of media that deals with a lot of the emotional fallout that goes with that kind of loss. And yet a comic that is literally textually about miscarriage became this weird pop culture meme that everyone makes fun of, even though it's it's one of the worst things that can happen to a person. Well, yeah, it's because it's it's because it's handled in such an unserious fashion, right? It's because it's a serious topic that's being handled in a way that is not. Uh... No, no, wait, wait. Go ahead. Because I, I think I know what you're, and I, I'm not trying to mansplain this or anything, but I think I know what you're going for here. It's that it's such an unserious comic overall, and then they drop it for like five strips to have a serious plot line and then they immediately go back to making jokes about robots that are made out of xboxes and they fart well no that's what i mean about being handled unseriously like it doesn't it doesn't have repercussions in the in the comic it's just it it's like and and you mentioned bluey um another show a show like scrubs can do that transition between comedy and tragedy really well and really powerfully but this is just like this is a juxtaposition that's so shocking that it it elicits a laugh instead of instead of the the instead of pity mm. that it's trying to get and also i think there's something about and this is just a thought that just occurred to me because of the way we've been talking about it i'm not sure if i've like fully unpacked this in my head yet but i think there might be something about it being from from the point of view of the male character hmm. right it's his it's his story that's emphasized in the comic that somehow makes it even even less that's what made me think about it when you said party of five yes yeah, yeah yeah that's yeah that's what had me start unpacking that anyway that's not what's happening here yeah no god we we went very off track there also i want to just say for the record Tim Buckley's doing a new control delete that's like a superhero comic, and it's actually not that bad. I, I gave it a shot because, granted, not he he was never good. Like it was never good, but I feel like people kind of were way too harsh on him for just making a not very good comic. I mean, it was the early two thousands. Lots of people were making not too good comics online. Yeah, I mean, but like. It's a superhero comic now, and it's not bad. It's not anything to write home about, but it's pretty solid. I, I read a bunch of it because I was like, I was expecting worse. He's putting in effort with the art. The writing's not terrible. It's, I mean, it's a little Watchmen light, but eh. Hmm. Anyway, Paige has gone over to Cole. And she brought the power stripping potion and she actually altered the potion because that's like her deal now. She can do that kind of shit. She made it a lot stronger. So it will affect him now that he's mega Satan. Mm -hmm. And then Barbus is whispering in his ear. He's like, 
ooh, aren't you afraid that you're gonna lose control of yourself and kill Phoebe? And again, Barbus. He's already there. Like... Do less. Do less. But Cole, uh, Cole does a power-stripping shooter. He uh, barfs up his powers, and Barbus is like, Dibs, mine, mine, my powers now. Which, I didn't know that was a thing that you could do. Apparently, when he strips him of his powers, they just shoot into the air, and anybody who's around can scoop them up. I mean... I guess that's how it works, right? I mean, Ar- Armin Shimmerman tried to take the source powers from... I I, I, I don't know. It I, one would think that the powers would be destroyed by a power-stripping potion. Exactly. Not just that they'd be floating out for anyone to grab these, but... Yeah. Uh, Barbus zoops out of super hell. He starts... He energy balls Cole, who is now a perfectly ordinary human guy with no powers... And yet, the, he, he takes that energy ball like a champ, because he just kind of falls over. Shouldn't he be incinerated or something? Like, Barbus has Cole's mega ultra powers. But he didn't, he didn't use the fire power, he used a concussive power, so he just threw him through a wall. And no charmed one has ever died just from being thrown through a wall. It's fine. Whatever. I buy it. It's fine. It's the, it's the kind of physics that exists in Charmed. It's not deadly unless it needs to be. Yeah. So Piper and Phoebe have teamed up to yell at Paige for bringing back their greatest enemy, Evar Barbus. Yeah, the one who killed Prue. And yeah, it's really weird that... It, they're, they're like, you could have brought back anyone. You could have brought back Abraxas, who was the season two opener demon who, like, was drawing the powers but out of... He was, like, undoing the Book of Shadows by reading the spells yeah. backwards from the astral plane. Weird pull, but okay. You could have brought back Abraxas or Shax, which, granted, you know what? He did He did kill Prue, but also he did not require a power of three spell to, be, to beat. So. No, Shax is kind of that thing where... To talk about Buffy, where, like, a Slayer just gets killed by a regular old vampire because you only have to be unlucky once. Yeah, like, if, if you're, if... You only have to be off your game once. Yeah, the odds will eventually turn against you, no matter how good you are. You need one misstep, and then a Demon of the Week will get you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know what? We, we were mocking it, but, yeah. yeah, if she had brought back Shax... I mean, Shax can freeze. Yeah! Yeah. Anyway... Paige tells Leo to heal Cole, and Leo's like, I can't heal him, he's evil. And she's like, no, I totally stripped his powers, he's not evil anymore. And he's like, I don't know about that. Oh my god, Leo, just fucking heal him. And then he does, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. And everyone immediately accepts the premise that Cole's not evil anymore because he doesn't have his powers. Which... Okay, then we're, we're just accepting that the powers are something Cole has had done to him then. No, no, it's just that you don't have free will and control over your own morality. So if you have evil powers, you are evil. And he chose to take in evil powers. So he can't be good while holding evil powers, but also something, something. Uh, I just, I feel like the number one goal should be getting the powers out of coal and, say, destroying them. Because you mean I, you mean out of uh, Barbus? Well, yes, now out of Barbus. I meant before it would be getting them out of Cole, and then Phoebe could date him even. But 
Well, she didn't want to date him before when he came back. Well, yeah, because he had the evil powers. Of Cle- she didn't I... know that right away, though. Yeah, I... This this show does Cole so dirty. It really, really does. So they're like, okay, yeah, Cole Cole's an innocent now or whatever. Fine. But now we've got a bigger problem because our greatest enemy, Barbus, has the powers and he's going to, you know, rise against us with the I mean They're I, right, he is. I, I Except he isn't. He's still playing his old games because Barbus is nothing if not that bitch. Right, he could just show up and like fireball them but he's still gonna do the like fear thing yeah yeah because the only reason he wanted cole's powers was so that he could get out of the underworld like it he really doesn't care about them outside of that context so he he liberates the guy who taught him how to project out of the pit and the guy's like hey don't you want to be the new source and roll over the underworld and barbus is like yeah sure whatever assemble the leaders of whatever factions are left i'm gonna go do other stuff i I don't care about this i have to point out this is really weird it's so random but it's so weird Mm -hmm. these scenes are all happening concurrently right one right after the other in time Mm -hmm. but they were clearly shot on different days because Paige is wearing different color lipstick than she was in the earlier scenes Maybe she was just so overcome with the fear of Barbus that she felt like she needed to apply a new shade of lipstick. It was like her power lipstick. It like is she needed it to give her the confidence to know that she was as good a witch as Prue. So they they have this weird little discussion where Paige is like, okay, so how big of a deal is, you know, how big of a deal is Barbus? I missed the last couple of times Barbus, you know, was around. How did you defeat Barbus? And Phoebe's like, we didn't. Prue did. Also, I'm honked off because I have my third date with Michael, and now I have to deal with Barbus. And it's like, really? Really, Phoebe? Really? Poor Paige. She's like, how many times do we have to say I'm sorry? And even Cole is like, can you all lay off of Paige? And you all remember, Paige and Cole, there is no love lost between them. And, and, and yet Paige is like, hey, guys, can we maybe not let Cole die? And Cole's like, hey, can you maybe stop being so mean to Paige? Like... Maybe you all need to stop and reconsider what you're doing, given this scenario. And then Phoebe's like, that's it, Cole. Time out. Leo, take him up to White Lighter Land. I mean, she says, Cole doesn't have any powers, so he's a weak, useless man-baby. I'm sorry, baby-man. Man-baby is something different. Mm -hmm. Uh, Leo, why don't you take him out of harm's way up to White Lighter Land? And and Leo's like, shouldn't I stay here if Barbus is around? And also, like... Isn't it not a great idea to bring Cole up to White Lighter Land, even though he's, <laughs> like, he's not currently a demon, but that kind of changes a lot in this show. But, no, they, they make him take Cole up to White Lighter Land. Does and he then, have to babysit him there? Why wouldn't he come back immediately? I guess he does have to babysit him there and make sure that, like, he doesn't start fighting with the elders. Meanwhile, they are so mean girling Paige. Like, Piper and Phoebe are talking about how they're going to defeat... Barbus and Paige is like throwing out ideas and they are actively ignoring her. And then when Phoebe is like, okay, so I'll modify the astral projection spell. Okay, whatever. It's not a spell. It's whatever. Yeah, it was a, it was an active power. But she's like, I will astral project to him and lure him here so that we can fight him. And Paige is like, why don't I just orb over, grab him and orb back? And they're like, Paige, no. 
the argument is that Phoebe has already faced him once and conquered her greatest fear, so he's now powerless against her. Okay. Because her greatest fear was losing a sister. I mean, you got two more. Right? I mean, come on. I'm, I'm, you know, after I lost her, I'm like, eh, that wasn't actually a big deal at all. Wah, wah. I was thinking more like, I lost the good sister. Who cares about these bitches? Well, that's unfair. Piper's the only sister she actually likes. And even then. But yeah, they're going to have they're gonna have Phoebe cast the astral projection spell and be like, nah, 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 you can't get me. Lure Burbus to the attic and then just do the source vanquish on him. Cause you know what? It it worked on the source. It worked on Cole, kind of. Uh-huh. It worked when they you know altered it to be about her ancestors instead like it's it's why doesn't sailor moon just use her finisher move at the beginning of an episode yeah so she they should use this for all demons from now on just <laughs> immediately circle of crystals invoke the ancestors right anyway she does astral project to him he gets angry she astral projects away the the hench demon is like okay this is obviously a trap right can we just ignore the obvious trap and barbus is like oh my greatest weakness an obvious trap and and the thing is the thing is the hench demon has brought the i guess new heads of the factions in the underworld because all of the upper level demons got killed when the seer had her little explosion uh-huh but Apparently new factions have formed and they all elected leaders and they all show up to, you know, see if Barbus is going to be the new big bad. And Barbus just blows them all up so he can go deal with Phoebe. See, I think he blew them up because he was embarrassed at how much trash Phoebe was talking and he didn't want anyone alive who had seen him, like, take that much abuse. By the way, I know this isn't a segment in Charmed. This was a segment back in our Once Upon a Time podcast. But MVP Extra, one of the faction heads that shows up is this guy with this aggressive new metal look. Like he's got like, he he has his hair kind of tied in these like three weirdly tiny pigtails that are coming out of di- three, four or five different pigtails that are coming out of different parts of his head, and he's got this kind of like long. Be- like he's got this very new metal look. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. It's unique for demons uncharmed. That he's not just a person wearing black. Which he is, but he's got other stuff too. Yeah. Okay, so you know how we said how this felt like two episodes kind of thrust together? Mm-hmm. So the first episode was the taunting of Cole until he gives up his powers and now Barbus has his powers. And the second episode is happening now. And that is they lure Barbus up there, but he breaks out of the crystal cage they put him in. He will not be held. And now he has locked them in the house and they are trapped in the house. And it's like, now you're trapped in here with me. And Paige can't even orb away. Like, she tries to orb out of the house and she can't orb out of the house. And this is, like, the second story. Like, the sisters trapped in the house with the fear demon would be a second episode. Yeah. Again, it feels like there are two episodes here. Cole gives up his powers. Another demon takes them, you know... And becomes the big threat because he doesn't have the affection for Phoebe that holds Cole back from being the big threat. And then there's a Barbus episode. Yeah, well, and I'm not saying that this should have been a two-parter. I'm not saying there's enough story here for it to be a two-parter. It could have just been two completely unrelated episodes. Well, they should have chosen one episode and developed it further instead of what feels like mashing two half-formed ideas together. Yeah, because... 
again, Barbus doesn't really do much with the coal powers. Like, he's just doing his Barbus shtick. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Piper tries to blow her way out of the house, but she can't, and suddenly she's seeing spiders everywhere. Also, and... like, Piper, Paige couldn't orb out of the house. You think you're going to be able to explode it? Come on. Eh, Come I mean, on. No, I, I, I totally believe Piper thinking that. Yeah, I guess. So... Paige is seeing the walls close in on her and crush her to, you know, to crush her to death because she's afraid of small spaces. Yeah, apparently she's claustrophobic now. And, and Phoebe's boyfriend runs into the house and he's like, hey, Phoebe, I'm here. And guess what? I'm a demon. Look, my eyes are doing the demon thing. Wah, 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 wah. And Phoebe's like, no, not again. Okay, a couple things here. Yeah. And mostly it's just about Paige because... I yeah. love Paige. That's who I care about. Yeah. Uh, one is that Piper and Phoebe literally say, is she claustrophobic? I don't know. <laughs> and the other is that the room that she's in when she sees the walls start to close in on her is the nursery. So you think it wouldn't take very long. The nursery was a closet. Like, the hallucination Barbus actually gave her is that the nursery was much, much bigger. <laughs> and then he made the walls feel like they were closing in by slowly removing that hallucination. Yeah, if we'd start off with just the closet, then, you know, it would have been like... Pfft. Uh, also, since since I was like, the issue with this episode is not the writing, I do have to point out all of the good writing that is in this episode. Mm -hmm. uh, and when Piper is freaking out because she's hallucinating all these tarantulas on her, and Phoebe's like, calm down! And she's like, easy for you to say, you're not covered in spiders! And Phoebe's like, neither are you! <laughs> that was good. That's good. That was good. So, Piper steps on one of the... Uh, illusionary tarantulas and that breaks her at like all of the spiders disappear and then she slaps phoebe in the face and she's like phoebe your stupid boyfriend's not here and then she slaps Paige in the face and she's like Paige, the walls aren't closing in on you shut up and this this works i mean she doesn't actually slap them but okay so now Paige is like okay so why don't i just make another not now they're all normal they're another none of them are hallucinating anymore they've all conquered their fears so Paige shouldn't that just blow Barbus up? I mean, I guess not because he's got Cole's powers now. But in the previous episodes, conquering your fears has caused him to blow up. So, but again, I guess maybe he's... that's why he started with these lower level fears that we've never heard about before. Yeah, he was he was saving the big ones for later. So Paige is like, I'm just gonna make another power stripping potion and strip the powers out of Barbus. And Piper's like, No, if you do that, they'll just go into another demon. What? Uh, apparently this is how it works, I guess. I mean... Did that happen the last time they stripped Cole of his powers? Is there some demon wandering out there that has, like, Cole's first set of powers? Huh. Yeah, is there a demon out there wandering around with Belvazar powers? That's interesting. I mean, because one of the things we do know about the show is that powers are transferable. That's true, that is true. And, like every single demon basically now it used to be like a specialized thing but it's a thing it seems like a thing that like every demon has mm -hmm. that they can uh absorb powers by killing whoever they can steal powers yeah so i guess it would make sense that your powers would survive post-mortem does I, it i don't know actually yeah you know what no I, if this is an issue they should make a power removal and destruction power 
But basically, potion. basically, they didn't want to do a powerless coal plot again, so they had to make it where the only solution is putting the powers back into coal. Because they're relatively confident that he's not going to try to kill them. Also, Leo's back. Leo is here, everyone. Yeah, he orbed in just off screen where you didn't see it. It's fine. It's Leo. It's definitely Leo. And uh, Cole's there somewhere, too, he claims. Somewhere. Yeah, don't worry about it. So, by the way, we should all split up. Let's all go to different parts of the house. And he, he goes downstairs with Piper, and Piper sees a little girl run down the stairs. And she's like, oh, shit. That's me. I, I remember this. This That's is... me in the spotlight. <laughs> That's me in the corner. Losing my father. Hmm. Yeah, she she is basically, she's experiencing a memory. Mm-hmm. We are told this is a memory. Where she's in the house, she runs downstairs to see Victor. Victor's in the hallway. She hugs Victor. And then a demon attacks them. It's her birthday. He's like, happy birthday. It's like a nice family moment. And then a demon attacks. And Grams kills the demon because Grams, you know, Grams is awesome. She doesn't need the power of three to kill demons. Nope. She uh, she blows up the demon and Victor's like, what the fuck, Penny? And and Grams is like, what? I killed him. And he's like, I, I can't have my children in a house where people are constantly trying to murder them. And Grams is like, it's their destiny for people to constantly try to murder them. I mean, I would argue... They're the charmed ones. People are going to try to murder them all the time. In this house, they're with somebody who can apparently just blast demons away without even trying. Mm. So maybe Victor needs to calm down. I've got our secret power about this because I feel like this represents a pretty heavy retcon. Yes. That they've been playing with for a little bit now, but I feel like this is sort of where it really comes into focus. But we'll talk about that later. For now, we're back up in the attic where uh, they're brewing the power stripping potion again, except, uh-oh, Barbus is whispering in Phoebe's ear that Paige is actually Barbus. Okay, no, no. So Barbus is, like, wh- standing where Paige is. Like, Phoebe is seeing Barbus instead of Paige. And she's like, where's Paige? And he's like, I killed her with her fears, just like I did with Prue. Okay, whatever. He says, just like your other sister, which... And then implies that he killed Prue, but mm. and then Phoebe begins to attack Paige, believing Paige is Barbus. Yes, Barbus is making he's making her see Paige as him, and also he's like, "I killed your sister, and now I'm just gonna stand here. I bet you won't beat me to death." He's really lucky Phoebe's not very smart anymore, (laughs) because this is a basic ass trick. But so. Piper sees Victor, you know, arguing with Grams. Then she says, and then he, okay, this is, I feel like this is really important. I really like this scene. I feel like it's a little unearned with the rest of the episode. Uh, Barbus has stopped pretending to be Leo and he's just Barbus. And I love that he's just talking to Piper. He's not doing the invisible influence thing to her. He's just next to her explaining the situation. Yes. Okay, here's here's my issue with it, though. Mm-hmm. He, Victor, Victor says to Grams, like, how can they find happiness when demons are attacking them all the time? And then he leaves. And Barbus tells Piper, 
essentially this was the last night she saw her father until you know he came back in the season two and oh we're just counting new dad right? yeah we're, we're, not... we're just we're discounting we're discounting original victor or yeah so barbus says this is where your greatest fear was born your fear that whenever you experienced happiness because she was so happy to see him tragedy would follow but wouldn't it make more sense if piper's fear was that she wouldn't be able to find happiness as long as magic was in her life because isn't that actually piper's greatest fear oh my god yeah oh my god yeah all right, I mean, he should be singing the Source's song. You remember when the Source uh, trapped her in that illusion to try to get her to give up yes! the power of three? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Huh. But I still do like this scene because he's like, mm-hmm. every time you've loved someone, they've abandoned you. How do you think you're going to be able to be a mother to your child? How long do you think it's going to be before you lose something else and piper starts feeling pains in her midsection and she she doubles over Mm -hmm. and jesus christ that is a brutal thing for barbas to do yes it's it and it's it's raw and brutal to watch but i yeah and again i appreciate it because hokey spiders and rooms closing in on you aside Barbus is still an effective villain, even after they've beaten him multiple times. Well, so up, upstairs, right? Upstairs, uh, Barbus gets Phoebe to stab him slash Paige, and then, of course, disappears so that Phoebe can see that she just stabbed Paige, and Paige is dying. I don't want to give him too much credit. This really relied on Phoebe not being very bright. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no... Paige is dying now, and Leo can't orb in and save her. Because Barbus is like, what are you going to do? Stab me. Here's a knife. And Phoebe's like, there's nothing suspicious about this. Stab, 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 stab. And then it was Paige. But like, really, Phoebe? Really? And Barbus does say to Phoebe the thing that I was saying before, right? He says... Oh, right. Losing a sister isn't your biggest fear anymore. Your biggest fear now is that you you are evil. Look how evil you are. You just stabbed your sister. Yeah, because she thought she was you. Again, this is a good concept. It's just you didn't do anything with it. You just tricked her into stabbing someone. You should have made her think that she was starting to kill people. Like, I mean, are, are you saying Barbas is tuxedo mask here? But you didn't do anything. Phoebe probably was stab page anyway. You could have done nothing. Uh, but Piper, uh, ha- Piper has pulled herself together off screen because she comes back up and she's like, "You know what? Fuck you! I've been going through a, I've been working through a lot of my issues with this pregnancy, and if you think you're gonna pop in here." late to the party and make me start to be like oh no I, you're like a day late a dollar short buddy i literally drowned and was saved by my mom's ghost come on bro <laughs> oh and then <laughs> this is actually kind of a cool scene too because barbus voops away and piper is kind of trying to talk phoebe down from from all of this she's like listen you need to know that you're not evil to conquer your fear of being evil. 
So I, the only way that you're going to save Paige is if you stop thinking that you're evil enough to kill Paige. So fucking snap out of it and recognize that you're not... I, I just... She basically yells her out of her fear. Well, yeah. It, it's because Piper realized when she conquered her fear, she A, didn't die, mm-hmm. which is good, and B, part of the brick wall Barbus, you know, built around the house, the magical brick wall broke away. Which, I'm sorry, I feel like Leo should be able to get in through that. I don't feel like she should have needed the bigger hole that well, was no, made it's by like, Phoebe. It's metaphorical. It's a metaphorical breaking. Yeah, so, and I guess we don't have to worry about Paige because she's dying. Paige doesn't need to overcome anything. No. He didn't even try it on Paige the second time. <laughs> That's true, he didn't. <laughs> but, yeah, Phoebe overcomes her fear, the walls come down, Leo orbs in and heals Paige up. So, Barbus is off in, you know, he he's off. And I love his henchman is like, okay, please, please, please stop fighting the witches. Can we just go take over the underworld? Because they are going to fucking kill you again, man. Yeah, like, you need to, you need to rule over the underworld. You need to claim the, the source's throne and put everything in order. Because, if not factions or whatever... And Barbus is like, hey, you remember earlier in the episode when I said, if you helped me out, you'd get your reward? And he's like, no, because Tina and Max completely forgot to mention that. He's like, well, earlier in this episode, I was like, stick with me and you'll get your reward. And he's like, I ask for nothing. And Barbus is like, and you shall receive it in abundance. Uh, I was going for a Jafar, you know, your eternal reward. Oh, yeah. Okay. But yes, also. also. you, You went a lot and I went Rocky Horror. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah, Barbus energy balls the guy. No, actually, Barbus does not energy ball the guy. He's like, hey, bro, do me a solid. Throw an energy ball at me. And the henchman's like, why? And Barbus is like, no, dude, trust me. It's going to be super hilarious. And the henchman's like, okay. And he throws an energy ball at him. And Barbus just redirects it into him. And the guy explodes. And he's like, see, it was super hilarious. I do love Barbus, kind of. Like, yeah. It's so extra. It's Jack Donaghy. Getting um, Will Arnett's character to sense the letter that ended his own career. In 30 Rock, yes. Yeah. Why did you Why did you make me send the letter? I was just mean. So you said that Barbus did not go after Paige, but actually he does return to the attic now that everyone is gathered and Paige is healed. And he... He smashes the power stripping potion that they made. And he turns to Paige and he's like, you're no Prue. Yeah, Prue could have thrown the liquid at me, but you can't. And Paige is like, no, I'm pretty sure I can. Liquid! And the potion gets on him. He barfs up the powers and they floop back into Cole. Because Cole's like, by the way, I've accepted that my fate is to take these powers because I'm the least dangerous person to have them. I had a character arc or whatever. That was him absorbing powers, not him about to explode. I know I, I use that for about to explode. But then he does throw an energy ball at Barbus. Yeah, because Bar- Barbus is like, energy ball? And Cole's like, nah, energy ball. And he blows him up. And Barbus explodes pretty good, but we have not seen the last of him. No, this no. This dude is a runner until the end of the show. Yeah, he comes back once a season. Yeah. Yeah. Like Ethan Rain was going to until he didn't anymore. Ah, uh, yes. It's really weird that canonically, we're accepting the Buffy comics as canon, right? Yeah. Canonically, he died in a initiative holding. Like, that's 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 just a like that's a sad ending for him. Yeah, like he got murdered in an initiative holding cell. That's the end of Ethan Rain. 
That's sad. Hopefully, down in super hell, he can team up with some demons who help him get some power so he can come back. <laughs> Maybe Janus will do him a favor. He's a worshiper of chaos, right? Yeah. All right. So, in back at P3, we're going to do a wrap-up where Phoebe is on her now fourth date with this guy. And the guy's like, so what do we get on the fourth date? Wink, wink. And Phoebe's like, yeah, wink, wink. Sex, probably. Well, they kiss. Because they didn't, they didn't actually kiss on the third date. Oh, yeah. Because it got interrupted by all of that. And he's and, like... And she's not worried that he's a demon anymore. Yeah, he's like, aren't you aren't you worried about kissing me? And she's like, I'm not afraid. Because I learned a lesson this episode about not being afraid. Boo! I'm sorry, does this count as one of Phoebe's needing to learn how to love again moments? I think it does they're just cramming that in out of nowhere at the end of the episode by the way i learned how to love again i learned how to open my heart to love or whatever her thing constantly is in this show but yeah everyone has overcome their fears piper's not afraid of abandonment anymore um and we cut to page successfully performing prue's bird spell yeah. yay everybody everybody kind of overcame their issues this episode it's think, a happy ending. I think what bothers me about this episode is that this could have been a really good episode. Like, if Barbus again, if we the whole episode had just been a Barbus episode, we didn't have any of the Cole stuff, if he was just in hell projecting onto them and he was doing, making Phoebe worried about becoming evil, making Piper worried about everyone leaving, abandoning about magic taking away everyone she loves if it was about Paige, you know being afraid of falling short of prue i i still hold that he should have had like a ghost of prue thing yeah well okay so there, there were some really great moments in this episode and since we know from his later work that uh henry alonzo myers is really great i'm willing to chalk this up to the old school we need 24 episodes a season format and therefore we don't have time to really break an episode you know with the kind of complexity that it deserves which again goes back to you should give the writers in the writers room what they want and then you'll have good tv i mean it seems pretty basic to me so much like the charmed ones we have our own power of three the first power in our pack is Premonition, who in this episode is, was, or will become famous. Okay, this is so weird. It is so weird to see this guy in a basically nothing role. In, like, Phoebe's nothing love interest who we've never seen before, who we'll never see again, oh, who I does... I, I thought you were winding up to a thing about, like, Barbus's assistant demon, but no, you're talking about the obvious one Yes, here. he does nothing comedic. It's so weird to see Ken Marino doing nothing comedic. You know Ken Marino from stuff? He's in a lot of stuff as more than a hey, it's that guy. Yeah, no, you know who he is. I think probably would say Party Down is the thing people know him best from, or possibly Veronica Mars. Where he oh, played... I would say Veronica Mars over Party Down. I feel like Party Down was kind of a niche show. He's also, oh, I guess so. Also, um... although he's the agent in the other two, I think that's the thing you would know him from most recently. The guy who's apparently based off of a real dude. Yeah, that's based off a real dude. What's his name again? Uh uh skeeter yeah the the characters the character in the other two scooter scooter yeah skeeter's the real guy god 
Yeah, Ken, you've seen Ken Marino in stuff. He was in Burning Love. He was the firefighter in Burning Love. Yes, he was. He was in Wet Hot American Summer. He was. He was the main guy? Uh, that's That was an ensemble movie. Yeah. He, he, uh... He had his own TV show with Casey Wilson called Marry Me that was totally underrated after Happy Endings. And I I think of that show as like the spiritual successor to Happy Endings. It's like if Penny went off and actually found somebody and like what her engagement was like. Yeah, like Ken, it's really weird to see him in a non-comedic role. He has no jokes. It feels wrong. It's like weirdly, weirdly wrong. Like he's just some guy. Also, I'm pretty sure he's reoccurring. Like, I think he might only get one more episode, but I do not think this is the last we've seen of Ken Marino Uncharmed. Oh, really? That's wild. But yeah, I, um, you know, I was happy to see him, even though he didn't actually get to do anything. You're right. You're right. He's, he's in next week's episode as well. Although that's all he's in. Mm. I remember why that's all he's in too. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm sorry, this is a little out of order, but let's talk about next week. Mm-hmm. Next week's episode is called A Witch in Time. Like a stitch in time, but it's a witch. Mm-hmm. And the Peacock description is, Phoebe repeatedly saves the life of her new boyfriend. A warlock steals the Book of Shadows. <laughs> right, so we're just rehashing that thing with Andy from the first season, right? Yeah, this was literally the season one finale. And spoiler alert, it ends up pretty much the same way. Oh, poor Ken Marino. Hopefully they let him crack a joke. All second right. power. The second power in our pack is Time Freeze. What if anything specifically dates this episode? Actually, I don't really think anything. Yeah. Uh... Paige isn't like, oh no, one of those cats with the, one of those cat clocks. Ah. Yeah, this episode's pretty timeless, actually. Yeah. Yeah, nothing, nothing particularly dated it. That will bring us to the third power in our pack, telekinesis. What, if anything, genuinely moved you this episode? You know what? I said that it wasn't a real uh, telekinesis, but talking about it again, you know what? It was Piper's, Piper's dream hallucination about her childhood, even though I have issues with it thematically. Yeah. Holly Marie Combs brings the brings the drama, she, as always. She brings the acting. Mm-hmm. And that actually leads us very neatly into one of our secret powers. As time has gone on, our powers have grown. And one of those new powers is molecular combustion. What broke apart continuity? And... Okay. So there's actually two things in this episode. Yeah. And obviously the first we talked about at length, which is... Apparently now Barbus is the one who killed Prue. Yeah, which, okay, sure. I no? Mean, no, yeah. But, you know, it's offhand enough and it doesn't really come up enough. So, you know, it is discontinuity, but fine. The second thing is, okay, so they just, they knew they were witches then. Because this is definitely, Piper is older than she was when Graham stripped her powers. Mm-hmm. But... They didn't know about witchcraft when the show began. But apparently they did. Like, she should not have this memory. Uh, And we are assuming this is a real thing that actually happened. Yeah. Also, okay, also Victor was out of their lives by this point. Victor should not have been there. Okay, I'm actually willing to give this this one a thing, because it was 
Piper's birthday and she was so happy to see him. I'm willing to give it that he had already left, but he came back because it was Piper's birthday. And then when he left, that was actually the last time she saw him until she was an adult. Yeah, because we knew that there was the big split when, you know, hmm, when Patty slept with Sam. Yes. Although we knew that they weren't living together anymore when she was pregnant with Phoebe, although God knows enough stuff from that 70s episode has been dropped so we can basically assume it's non-canon at this point that was still old dad yeah but also it's not mentioned here although it would have really fit with the thing but it's a it's been established or maybe it hasn't at this point i'm sorry this is the bad thing about me watching charmed on a loop over and over again but it gets established that victor did not want to leave the girls yes that, like, Grams used magic to force him out. Yes. Which, honest to God, should be a bigger bone of contention between those two. And that hasn't been established yet. So, but the, so that, I, that, I guess, will be its own molecular combustion when we get there. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's going to do it for this week. Yeah, I think that'll about do it. Our show's partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of those supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Maracruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, Dan, and Anthony. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode or any episode or any episode of any television show, you can tweet at us at... Yeah. You can X at us? <laughs> nope. Still tweet, still Twitter. Suck it, Elon Musk. <laughs> at I love TV zines. Or you can email us at I love television zines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And this has been Welcome to the Hallwell Manor. 